Well, the RBA is pushing ahead with tapering, just as we said they would yesterday on the podcast, but they're doing it in the most dovish way possible. They're going to start it, but not extend it until next year. Markets are generally cautious today. Is this because of the COVID cases, which are still pretty high in the United States, or is there more to it than that? And whilst the RBA is tapering its bond purchases, the Bank of Canada tonight probably won't, for now. Be now it is. Things will soon be bouncing back, won't they? Right? It's Wednesday, the 8th of September, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, stocks aren't celebrating a slower path to tapering by the Fed in the United States. This morning, the Dow is down 0.7%. The S&P 500 has lost a quarter percent. Uh, the Nasdaq is ever so slightly up, but that's enough actually to take it to another new high. And 10-year Treasury yields are up five basis points to 1.37%. Mind you, there's been a lot of supply this last week, $120 billion worth of Treasury auctions. Bond yields also higher across much of Europe. Some of that is because of supply. Most countries are up four, five, or even six basis points. The U.S dollar is up half a percent. It's up a third of 1% on the yen, up 0.5% on the Swiss franc, and the Aussie slipping more than 0.7%, uh, back down below 74 US cents now. The pound is also down a third of 1%, the euro falling a quarter percent, and oil a 1.4% drop in WTI to 68.35 a barrel. Brent down 0.9%, below $72 a barrel now. So markets not in celebratory mood at all. Let's look at why that is with Rodrigo Cotrill from NAB in Sydney. Uh, let me give you a theory, Rodrigo, is, is, is a chunk of this, that old COVID thing, because we've got concern about rising cases despite the vaccines. COVID cases in the United States on Labor Day were three times higher than Labor Day last year. Uh, a few days ago, the fatality rate in one day was over 1,700, the worst since March. We've got 100,000 Americans in hospital with COVID. And there are states like Alabama, Idaho, Mississippi, Wyoming, where less than 40% of people are vaccinated. In fact, there's only nine states where it's more than 60%. And Forbes magazine, we will get you, uh, Forbes magazine today is saying 46% of Republicans have not yet been vaccinated. 18% of men say they will never get a shot. 20% of Fox News viewers say they don't want it. So, um, you know, th- there's uh, a bit of vaccine resistance and things slowing the economy slowing down. Is that all playing into the sentiment? And is that what's happening with equities and, and markets generally today? Um, morning, Phil. There's certainly um, been, uh, you know, after a long weekend, the, the US has come back with a bit of cautiousness in the air. Um, and then um, there has also been a downward revisions to, to growth by some of the major banks uh, in terms of the US mm. uh, for, for, you know, the remainder of, of 2021. So um, that, that, that sort of repercussions, if you like, from, from the wave, the Delta wave and the impact it's having on the consumer um, is having some sort of um, reassessment in terms of the, the outlook, but still a, a positive outlook. It's just not as positive as it was initially expected to be. Um, now, the, there's also the, the typical sort of scenario that you have when you, when you have a big sort of data release. You, you have a big upward movement, as we saw on, on Friday, uh, and there's always a little bit of a payback from, from that. Um, mm. And overall, um, there, there is a sort of general feel of cautiousness in the air uh, as the market sort of reassesses uh, the situation uh, and also reassesses um, you know, the outlook for, for U.S. Treasury yields. Uh, you, you mentioned supply. There's also this issue around the ECB, what, what they're going to do this, uh, this week. Uh, so we've seen the move up in yields, uh, which sometimes, you know, can affect sentiment as well. So um, it's, it's certainly that, that cautiousness in the air, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't just say that it's, it's because of those COVID rates of infections in the U.S. 
um, you know, the, the, the rate of vaccination is and has accelerated after, after that sort of almost plateau that we saw uh, a month ago. So it's not all bad news in that, in that sense. Um, and then, uh, of course, um, there's expectations that the economy may, may show signs of improvement as, as more workers are likely to, to get back to work now that the, the end of the program, uh, the support program, uh, is now coming to an end, uh, as well as, um, you know, the schools going back uh, and, and mm. seeing more people being able to go back to work without having to care for the children. Well, we'll see, won't we? It's going to make job numbers really very important over the next month. So we'll see what that uh, brings for us. The RBA... Uh, sticking with their their plan tapering from five billion a week down to four billion from early September, uh, but it might stop there at, at least until February. They're saying, yeah. So that was the the, the sort of uh, this uh, not stinging the tail, but the the relevant detail in a sense because um, the headline says that the RBA is tapering, but then when you look at the details, it's saying well, but they won't be considering any any further tapering until uh, February next year, uh, whereas initially they were going to look at it in, in November. So overall, it's just sort of a delay to future tapering in a sense, and, and that's the dovish aspect to it. And also, if you like, a, a little bit of an admission that the Delta is, um, you know, slowing down or, or delaying a little bit the, the, the recovery that is expected to occur uh, in, in Australia, uh, to, you know, the latter parts of Q4 and early, ne- early next year, rather than in Q4 itself. So, um, it, it's certainly a, a dovish taper and, and it's played a little bit of a factor on, on the Aussie, uh, but not, not a major one. I, I would say that by and large, the, the weakness in the Aussie dollar overnight is really a reflection of this broad dollar strength that we've seen which again is a reflection of the move up in yields and, and that cautiousness in the air. Well, the RBA note said the Delta outbreak is expected to delay but not derail the recovery. So, uh, yeah, right, our yeah. central scenario, the economy will be growing again in the December quarter and is expected to be back around its uh, pre-Delta path in the second half of next year. Uh, well, you know, the December quarter is going to be, that's the big question mark, isn't it? Because it starts in less than a month. We've still got cases rising. So we know the quarter is not going to get off to a good start. Yes, and and I suppose that this is where um, we haven't got enough examples to to lean on and to say this is what we think is going to happen. Um, many economists point out that, for instance, um, you know, there's a huge amount of savings, and and as soon as we let out, we we're going to go out and spend all our money, and uh, particularly in the services side of the economy. Um, uh, New Zealand will be a good example because. They looked now to that they will be sort of slowly reopening uh, after the big uh, strict lockdown that they've incurred. Uh, but that's a small example. Um, and then the other one, the other case, which is a really important one, is, is Canada, because Canada has, has reopened. Canada has been very successful in, in its vaccine rates. Um, but it did slow down in Q2. Um, and the Q3 numbers at the moment are not suggesting that we've seen an outburst in, 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 in activity. So... Uh, it may well be the case that at least at the beginning, the reopening phase mm. uh, may be a cautious one. So we, yeah. we have to wait and see how it plays out. People don't really necessarily want to go into crowded restaurants, do they? And, and in any case, you know, we, the latent demand, we might get back to the levels we were before, but some things you just can't do two of. You can't simultaneously take two holidays, for example. Look, let's have a look at what's happening in China because the surprise rise in Chinese imports and exports. They were both expected to fall, but they didn't. In fact, imports up 33.1% year on year for August. 
That's got to be good news, hasn't it? Um, well, it, I suppose the, the very good news is that we, we saw the numbers rise both on the import and the export side. So on the import side, it tells us that, uh, you know, the, 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 the restrictions in activity because of COVID uh, uh, lockdowns that were introduced may not have been as, as uh, a huge detriment to, to the economy. Uh, that, so that's very encouraging. And the, in the export side, um, you know, many analysts looking at the details show that it, um, as much as there has been sort of a decline in global demand, if you like, what, what China has been able to do is to actually, uh, if, if you like, steal away from uh, other Asian competitors, um, given that they also struggled because of COVID. So that increase in global demand ha has helped, uh, um, uh, or rather that, that eat away of competition has helped China in terms of uh, its exports, whilst at the same time, a theme that appears to be, you know, on the headlines, in, at least in Australia, is that there's been an acceleration of a, a demand ahead of the, the Christmas period. And there's concerns about the bottlenecks. So now everybody's sort of making sure that they put the orders now <laughs> uh, to make sure that they get the supply in, in, in time. So maybe there's a bit of that going well, on. That is really early Christmas shopping, isn't it? But yeah, you might be right on that. Look, uh, the UK government, interesting uh, move uh, yesterday and today they're going to vote on it. A one and a quarter percent tax hike. This is on their national insurance contributions. So the, the rich and the poor pay the same proportion uh, of their income. Uh, and this is to cover the NHS and social care. And employers are going to have to pay an extra one and a quarter percent as well. So this is some hike just when companies are wanting to uh, recruit people and the government wants people to be out spending. I have to say the, the sense of urgency when they can borrow at such low rates right now um it it's it, it's curious isn't it but uh, i'm 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 looking at this and wondering whether i might be overplaying it but whether this could be boris's poll tax moment remember when margaret thatcher had downfalls when she tried to introduce a flat rate tax and there were riots in the streets i wonder how well this is going to go down <laughs> yeah it, it is it is an interesting one i mean um there, 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 there's a couple of things to note. One, there, there is quite a lot of political support uh, for a reform of the healthcare system. There, there's a lot of questions about the funding, um, the, the, the fact that it's, 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 it's not well well run, uh, and that it's not, you, you don't get the same service depending on where you are in, in the UK. So there, there, there's some work needs to be done there, um, and and you need money to to get right. it done. But this so, is kicking in. This uh, is that, that's that's the sort of the argument for making it sure. happen. Uh, but as you say, the, the argument in terms of how you're going to fund it um, is somewhat questionable in terms of the timing. Also, uh, in terms of how you go about it, given that you will be taxing everyone equally, um, and and some that are. You know, there's a, this question mark about how equitable that, that should be. Um, and, and then, of course, the other one is that it's unclear how he's going to do it. Um, one thing is to say you want to do it. What's he going to do? The other exactly. One is exactly. Yeah. How you but but just on the economic side of it, I mean, is it, is it still small fry or could this actually slow down the recovery for the UK? Well, that, that's the issue of the timing question, right? Is this the right time to, to, to be doing it or should be waiting for the economy to be in a stronger uh, footing uh, before you start looking into it? Um, so it remains to be seen whether it will pay off from a political perspective. Interesting one to watch today. Look, uh, the US recovery, uh, is it stumbling? Well, we get the uh, the final Q, uh, Q2 GDP number tonight, but that's a bit historic. And more interesting is going to be job openings, the JOLTS numbers, the Fed beige book, and consumer credit data as well. Maybe that's going to give us a more accurate picture of where they're heading. And the Bank of Canada, you've mentioned it already. Uh, we've already said this week that they will delay tapering until the economy picks up there, but they might not have long to wait. Yeah, so um, 
So, but, well, in terms of the jobs report, it will be interesting because, um, of course, um, will will the, the demand for jobs be there uh, despite the issue of the Delta variant? Uh, with this expectation there for a small decline from, um, you know, 10, 10 million and 73,000 to just 10 million. So that, that could, could draw some attention. Mm. The Beige Book will also be important in terms of all those anecdotal evidence in terms of what's actually really going on, get a, a nice pulse, if you like, of, of what's going on in the US. Uh, and the Bank of Canada, it, as much as it's expected to stand pat, uh, it, it will be interesting in terms of the detail. Will, will they sound dovish or will they reaffirm their intentions to, to aim for tapering or for the final stage of tapering before the end of the year? Um, and, and because then, of course, that, that brings on the debate as to when you're going to start looking to, to hike, uh, which uh, still remains a story for, you know, at the earliest, uh, the end of 2022, more likely to be in 2020. And uh, the Fed's John Williams is talking today on the economic outlook and monetary policy. Uh, so, yeah, that's something that sounds like we've got to listen to. Uh, Kaplan and Evans also uh, talking today. So a few Fed speakers out. Yes, I think Kaplan is speaking tomorrow morning uh, after morning, after, the, yeah. after the podcast. But um, um, Williams, of course, is one of the um, you know important uh, ones within the inner circle, if you like, of the FOMC, and and it will be interesting to to note his his perspective, uh, particularly after the the weaker than expected non-farm payrolls. Right. On and El Salvador now accepting Bitcoin. Strangely, Bitcoin fell seventeen percent today, and the app crashed in El Salvador. <laughs> Well, that wasn't a good start for it, was it? But I'm sure they know what they're doing. Uh, we'll catch you next week, Rodrigo. Good to have you on. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Cheers. And Gavin Friend joining me tomorrow morning from NAB in London. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you tomorrow morning.